Random fun fact, the best time of the year to have a yard sale is in the spring. And I bring that up because recently I went to one and the dude had a bunch of things like candles, weighted blankets and all that. So I asked him, what comes to your mind when it comes to creating a yard sale? He says, he just asks himself, what things do I want to hold on to? What things do I need to let go of? And I think that same mindset can be applied when it's time for us to have like that internal yard sale. Because a lot of times life can feel as lit as a candle where we feel like we're on top, or it can feel like a weighted blanket where Great, we accept son. that heaviness. <laughs> but we gotta unlearn that because we all are deserving of a lighter life. But when it comes to that internal yard sale, you gotta ask yourself, what things do you need to hold on to and what things are worth letting go of? Yes. So continue to be great, continue to be mindful, but most importantly, be intentional. Promise you what? Breathe again, breathe again. Then I should never breathe again. What's going on, y'all? What's going on? I know I look a little crazy, probably sound a little crazy, but we are back. We are back. We are back to, I believe, episode six of the Intentional Consumption Podcast with your boy, Chef Beans coming through with the mental cuisine. Now, you may be listening on your way to work, in the gym, on a plane or at home. Just be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and download to your phone because we have a goodie today. Now, before we get started, this past week has kind of been a roller coaster, but like a steady, a steady roller coaster. I don't really know how to explain it, but emotionally, I've been all over the place, but I still feel grounded in it all. Like, I don't really know how to explain it. And towards the end of this episode, I'm going to get more into detail, but I'm extremely grateful for everything that has come my way. Uh, I've decided that I am going to travel to Atlanta next month to Theater Scout for Transparency to Play, the tour 2024. I'm going to do that sometime next month. And also... All this water that I've been drinking has just been keeping my energy up a lot more higher. I look crazy. I definitely need a cut. But guess what? That cut is going to happen when it's supposed to happen. I'm not looking pandemic scruffy, but yeah, I just got to <laughs> just gotta tighten this up, especially going into the month of October. I hope you've all been pretty good. I know the world is getting more and more ghetto, freaking student loan repayment process starting to come back next month. The government might shut down. A lot of ghetto stuff going on in the world. There's just a lot going on. So we just got to make sure just how Tony Braxton said earlier and breathed again, we got to make sure that we intentionally, intentionally breathing. So yeah, we actually got a, a bunch to unpack today. I want to start off with, I don't know if y'all heard the clip from Ebony K. Williams, she's a, 
a lawyer and a TV personality, but she says something that clearly triggered a lot of different people. Here's a clip of what she's been talking about. of women is always expanding and the exact opposite is true for black women mm -hmm. mm. as we age doesn't matter how much money we accumulate our degrees or professional accolades the reality is, is that our marriage and partnership market value is depreciating with every passing year no matter how good we look no matter how fit we are, mm. men are still seeing primarily our presumed dwindling fertility as a knock against us. And speaking of fertility, that is another reason that I want younger black women to seek marriage and partnership in college or right after, if that's what they choose. Because the number of college-educated black men is so low when compared to black college-educated women that we're all going to be targeting the same small pool of men. And as we heard today, on most campuses, there's like seven black women students for every one black man student. Y'all do the math. So here's my advice. If you are a young black woman in college and you know in your heart and in your head that you want to prioritize family, I suggest that you simultaneously pursue that MRS degree right along with that BA or JD. Because a handful of black college-aged men that actually do desire to get married soon, and they do share that value system, and family is a priority for them, too. Y'all, that is an incredibly small pool, and it's shrinking as you get older. And by the time you reach my age, 40, mm. you will be faced with different choices relating to life partnership and motherhood. Now, I'm not saying that delaying marriage or motherhood is a bad option, but it's one that comes with its own consequences. And... Our women deserve to know on the front end of their decision making instead of on the back half. All right, I'm going to just stop that right there. So this clip has been going viral on Twitter, Facebook, uh, all over Instagram, TikTok. Everybody's been talking about it. And I want to know what y'all think about that personally, because how I feel about it, she kind of singled out a very specific group of people. She said well-decorated black women or if you're in college or about to exit college i'm talking to y'all specifically i think y'all should start thinking about marriage right now which around that age group is 22 23 and honestly if that specific group was thinking about partnership or different things like that everybody's path everybody's journey is different and i just feel as though that should come more natural as opposed to doing it out of scarcity and doing it out of lack because the sentiments that I'm getting from Ebony is I'm telling y'all from my 40 year old self it gets ghetto as you get older the fertility percentages start to decrease and different things like that so just latch on to something why you got the chance why why your eggs is still fresh and you could do that simultaneously while getting a degree and I just think that's that's not the best approach and again she's been getting a lot of pushback from a lot of different people and ultimately a lot of times when they're when we're having this conversation uh it can come off as elitist or elitism when talking about a certain group of people specifically if what am i trying to say there are other perspectives other perceptions of success that 
also parallel to degrees and different things like that, because as we see, you do not need a degree or X amount of degrees to be successful. We're seeing it more and more every day. Lesser and lesser people are even interested in joining college. So I even think that's a whole nother conversation. But yes, to operate in that headspace to me is you're operating out of lack, operating out of scarcity and just kind of communicating to the younger generation that they should just latch on to someone who may seemingly be ready for something just to just to check off a certain box. But at the end of the day, I think everyone should do whatever makes sense to them. I mean, y'all let me know what y'all think in the comments or if you feel if you want to email me, it's M-R-C-H-E-F beans at gmail.com. But yes, Ebony got a lot of pushback from that. I, I kind of understand where she was coming from as far as thinking about the possibility of partnership. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Actually, I don't. I don't know what part of that video I really connected with. I was about to try to force some type of empathy, but it's just, yeah. Y'all let me know. Y'all let me know what y'all think. And speaking of thinking and speaking of writing our own narratives, in Hollywood, the writer's strike recently just ended and everyone's pretty ecstatic for the most part because as you can see with the writer's strike happening simultaneously with the actor's strike, a lot of content and things on these different Hollywood Hollywood studios haven't been able to be produced, but now that the writer's strike is finally lifted, those contractor writers and things like that are able to get their pens back to writing and create these shows that we love, but we're still waiting for the actor's strike to be lifted. So that's what's going on as far as the Hollywood news, but also, also, also in the same realm of Hollywood and stardom, apparently Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are dating now, and a lot of people also have pushback about that for some odd reason. Travis Kelsey used to date a woman named Kayla Nicole, and people are putting her picture next to Taylor Swift and says, wow, this is the biggest downgrade that any man could ever do. And to me, it's just kind of weird. It's weird how interested people are on who a person chooses to date next. There are a million and one memes that, trust me, I've been screenshotting, I've been laughing at, but for whatever reason, that has just been very, very confusing to me. I don't know. I think people should just understand that these celebrity couples or these celebrity relationships that you deem as goals, they're just normal people just like everybody else, and we should focus more energy on what's going on in our lives as opposed to just saying, uh, this person is crazy for going from this to going to that. And on top of that, not for nothing, hate to be that guy. But honestly, since Travis Kelsey started messing with Taylor Swift, his jersey sales went up 400 times. I mean, 400% for increase, however you want to label it. But it don't seem like he's doing too bad. And at the end of the day, like I said, people are going to do whatever they want. I don't think people should invest a super amount of energy into it. The memes have been hilarious. Apparently, when he was dating a black woman, they said he went from uh, where the bitch is at to, I guess, now having just a mustache. They said, uh, what'd they say? Uh, he went from where the bitch is at to uh, 
sit tight, be right back, talking about he turned into a cop or he got a cop mustache. So I thought that was jokes, but at the end of the day, people going to date whoever they want to date. And when it comes to even Travis Kelsey, I'm still not over what they did to the Eagles. But at the end of the day right now, the Eagles are 3-0. So I'm going to just be grateful about that. But man, every time I see a Kansas City Chiefs jersey, I just get irritated about the outcome of the Super Bowl. But it is what it is. It is what it is. And why we're still on football, because football is, is running all team-like entertainment platforms from, again, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, everything that's going on in the NFL. Usher is about to perform at the Super Bowl this year, halftime. Their rollout for that, their media rollout was super fire using the confessions video and using different celebrities. I thought that was dope. But again, while we're still on football, y'all know I love the Colorado. I don't even know if I can say I love the Colorado University Buffaloes. We all just really love Coach Prime. This past weekend, they lost to Oregon. Forget what the score was. It kind of got cracked. But nonetheless, they still holding their heads up high. And everything like that. But I just think it's interesting because people's hands get revealed not always when you elevate. And it's in your moments when you're down. It's in your moments when you're trying to reroute or redirect. Because a lot of people who was on the Coach Prime bandwagon ever since they lost, now they're not posting them as much. And now they just kind of like, oh, whatever, Colorado got exposed. I never really liked them anyway. But it's just... It's very interesting. It's very weird. Even though they're two, two and one right now, or three and one, they they're three and one right now. Even though they're three and one right now, I don't think it's worth kicking their back. And I mean, at the end of the day, Coach Prime is going to do what Coach Prime does. He's going to motivate the people. He's going to continue to add value to everyone who he connects with. So, at the end of the day, life isn't always a reflection of the wins. Sometimes you have to learn from the losses. So. I'm still team Coach Prime. I'm still team whatever makes sense to me. Now, with all of that said, we checked in. We talked a little bit about news this y'all. Favorite time of the show. Break it down, bitch. Yo, I'm going to get that down back. I wrote a couple bars to the intro, too. I'm going to have to find me a producer to get me in the studio so I'm really able to get the instrumental and everything like that. This is what I wrote for the intro. Y'all let me know if it's whack or not. I said, and when I'm feeling low, break it down, brings, brings cheer. TV shows, books, and movies. He breaks them down right here. <laughs> we love him, break it down, beans. Break it down, bees. Oh, that's sick. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I know it's a sick song. Yo, y'all know Rick James was a wild bull. We know Rick James was a wild bull. I'm working on that intro, but we're going to get better. We're definitely going to get better with that. But now, this past week, I've been low-key watching, Elias, three specific things that I want to talk about today on the Break It Down Beans segment, right? First, we're going to start off with One Piece. I told y'all this is this new anime show. It's been around since the late 90s, early 2000s, something like that. Late 90s, early 2000s. Over a thousand episodes. Recently, I got put onto it, and I've been watching it week by week. It's about a pirate 
with his crew who's on a quest to be the best pirate in the world, right? And he fights different villains here and there to whoever tries to stand in him and his crew way from him being the best pirate in the world, galaxy, universe. And part of the show, if you eat something called a devil fruit, you have the ability to then gain whatever power is connected to that fruit. Some people have the power of fire, sand, water, all these different things. But Luffy, who's the main character, he has the power to turn himself... He's a rubber man, so he has elastic, he can stretch, he can do all these different things. Pause if applicable, but he's a rubber man. Follow me so far. So now I'm in like the 200 episode range. He's about to fight this dude named Inaril. But he got lost in the cave, so he wasn't able to fight him when they initially met. Now, this Inaril dude, he's like an electricity man. Like, he can move, turn himself into thunder, shock different people. So, prior to Luffy being lost in the cave, Inaril was blasting everything. Anybody who said the wrong thing to him, he was using that electricity to just zap him. He was burning down cities, houses, all this different thing, completely destructive villainous behavior but now when Luffy finally got out that cave or whatever and went to fight him the electricity dude went to zap him but guess what happened he was impervious unable to be affected by the electricity why because he's made out of rubber and eventually he ended up being victorious chipping up that dude why is that story so important to me because in a weird way, when I'm watching cartoons or reading different stories, I'm paralleling those metaphors to my life. And the reason why that story was so important to me is because, again, the electricity dude was going around zapping everybody, but when he went to go zap Luffy, who's made out of rubber, electricity can't impact rubber. And that's how I feel like when people are trying to throw negativity or hate or any low vibrational energy sending it my way, I'm unable to be affected by because again I put in a lot of that self-work a lot of that self-care and I'm going to be victorious regardless I'm going to operate the same way regardless to whatever you're used to doing to other people and they're giving you the reaction that you was looking for you're not going to get that same reaction from me because again I'm going to keep myself grounded and I'm going to continue to put one foot in front of the next regardless to what other people's intentions are and different things like that so yes i'm locked in i want to say there are over a thousand episodes i'm in the 200s right now so slowly but surely i'm chipping away at this show one piece and if y'all have any other shows or anime that y'all think i should check out feel free to send it to me because i don't go outside as much outside is very ghetto so when i do go outside it's usually get some air maybe get some food, maybe support an event, travel to go see some family. But for the most part, I like chilling in the crib, watching shows and different things like that. And just, yeah, and just, yeah, that's, that's usually uh, my style. So yeah, if y'all haven't already, check out One Piece if you're interested in that type of stuff. Now this next show, this next show, I discovered from a clip that was going viral on Twitter. Now, this clip was a black woman interviewing a white woman about some racial disparities that went that happened in the workspace. 
And if you haven't caught on already, the show that I'm talking about is called The Morning Show, which is on Apple Plus. Now, this show is currently in season three. There are about 10 episodes per season, about an hour long per episode. I've been watching it. I literally binge watched it within the last three days. And honestly, I'm hooked. I ain't going to lie. It got me by the chicken wing. Season one definitely had a lot of anxiety in it. Season two, eh, it was it was all right. I was about to give up on it. But the last episode that I watched in season three, I can fucking feel my collar shrinking around my neck. That's how tense it was. Literally, I could barely breathe. If I if I had clear, if I had uh, pearls around my neck, I'd probably clench them. That's the type of stuff that's going on in the morning show. And just to give you a little backstory, because I'm moving a little fast. The Morning Show is a show that examines the character and cultural behind a network broadcast morning news program after allegations of sexual misconduct. The male co-anchor in the program is forced forced off the show. Aspects of the Me Too movement are examined from multiple perspectives as more information comes out regarding said conduct. Now... This show is definitely star-studded. It has uh, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Steve Carroll, a bunch of people. $300 million budget. Like, and it shows. It shows the budget that they have, whether it's the cast or aesthetically what they put together. But this show, I feel like, is worth watching, especially if you're into that type of stuff. Because, honestly, a lot of different things happen in the workspace that a lot of people are afraid to speak up on and this show just shows the effects of speaking up and also the effects of not speaking up and I believe in a very tasteful way if I was to rank this show I would give it mm, I would give it 4.1 beans out of five beans y'all see what I did there right we're not doing stars no more we doing beans and out of five beans I would give it 4.1 out of 5 beans. Yeah. Yeah, again, if you haven't checked it out and you're looking for a great show, The Morning Show on Apple Plus, and on top of that, I personally haven't really subscribed. I just signed up for the free, I think it's like a three-month trial. That's usually what I do with a lot of these <laughs> a lot of these streaming apps. Jump on the streaming, free streaming trial, and if I feel like, Continuing, if they have enough great shows, I'll, I'll rock with them. But since I've been on Apple Plus, they haven't missed yet. They have not missed yet. So, again, the morning show on Apple Plus, if you don't feel like spending that bread, just sign up for the free trial. Just Google it or whatever, however they got it set up. Man, it is a goodie. And speaking of goodies, uh, a classic that I stumbled upon recently is a book by the name titled the Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. Now, Toni Morrison is a black author, the late great Toni Morrison, black author, well-decorated Pulitzer Prize, Nobel Peace Prize, all these different things. And The Bluest Eye was her first novel that she created in 1970. And the reason why this book is so influential is because they actually tried to ban it from different schools because of how controversial, controversial it was. So, like I said, it was published in 1970, uh, takes place in Ohio, tells a story about an 
African, a young African-American girl named Pacola who grew up following the Great Depression said in 1941, the story is about how she is consistently regarded as ugly due to her mannerisms and dark skin. As a, as a result, she develops inferiority complex, which fuels her desire for the blue eyes she equates to whiteness. Now, when I first grabbed the bluest eye, I wasn't sure exactly what it was going to be about, but just think about that. A person who's growing up in a society where they feel as though they're ugly, their skin, everything about them makes them feel like they're not worth anything, and they equate success, they equate a lighter life to having lighter eyes. They equate a life of peace and joy and love to having blue eyes and after reading that book, honestly, it just, I'm not going to say it gave me more empathy for certain people, but it definitely raised awareness to how certain, how some people's households really may be extremely damaging. I don't know. It's just, it's, 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 it's heavy. Different topics in the book, they talk about racism, incest, child molestation, uh, just numerous, it, on uh, numerous occasions, they've tried to ban this book from school. But Toni Morrison, to me, I equate authors to some of my favorite rappers, right? So someone like Bell Hooks, to me, is more of a, like a Kendrick Lamar. And someone like Toni Morrison, I would say she has the words and the cadence of somebody like Biggie when it comes to her storytelling and the metaphors and similes that she uses always paint the picture that just takes my imagination places they've never been. So, yes, uh, if you're looking for a book that's going to take you on an emotional roller coaster, check out The Bluest Eye. Um, again, it's been around for a minute, but that whole Toni Morrison bag, I think you'll, you'll enjoy it if, if that's the type of things that you're into. And speaking of things that you may be into, I know something that I know y'all into, and that's the Would You Rather of the Week. So I kind of stumbled upon this Would You Rather of the Week, and I wanted to challenge y'all to tap into y'all introspective headspaces. So the Would You Rather that I have for this week goes like this. Would you rather snap your fingers and be able to alter a decision that you made in the past, or would you rather snap your fingers and be able to alter a decision that someone else made in the past. Which one of those options would you choose? I'm going to say it again. Would you rather have the ability to snap your fingers and alter any decision that you made in the past, or would you rather snap your fingers and be able to alter a decision that someone else made? Now, when I came up with this would you rather, it put me into a space of, hmm, well, I don't know if I would necessarily want to change any of my decisions because knowing that God doesn't make mistakes and everything like that, I want to be able to be okay with every decision that I made, understanding, understand that there was a lesson attached to all of it. But then when I think about altering a decision that someone else made, for whatever reason, I lean more to that because of different trauma and tragedies and things that have happened in my life and just thinking if I had the ability to stop something from happening, would I go back in time and make that happen? So 
again, I'm not trying to sound like I'm contradicting myself because I said for myself, I wouldn't want to interrupt God's plan for my life, but would I want to do that for someone else's life? Would I want to go back and say, hey, I wish this person never did that? So it's a, it's a tricky one. Feel free to answer if, if it puts you in, in the space, but if you had the ability to change the decision that you've made in the past or that someone else made in the past, which one would you choose? Which one would you choose? And, you know, like, recently I found myself, again, being that we're talking about being introspective and getting deep in our thoughts, a couple days ago I was sitting down looking at the library of books that I've collected since I've been in L.A. And as I was looking at those books, I noticed a commonality of self-help books. And as I'm staring at these different self-help books, half of them or most of them I didn't even read. And it brought me to a place where I realized sometimes I buy self-help books because they might have a certain trait or skill that I feel like I want to improve on. But that's not even where I learned most of my gems. I learned most of my gems or stories and things that positively impact me in the realm of fiction, in science fiction. A couple weeks ago, we talked about The Alchemist. There's another book called Children of Blood and Bone by Tony Adeyemi, which is a dope, dope, dope-ass science fiction book. But that's where I find most of my lessons in. I don't know if it's because the aspect of nonfiction sometimes can be seemingly more terrifying than fiction, so I just dive myself into my imaginative bag, but that's what works best for me. So again, though my library that I've collected over the past couple of years is full of self-help books that I've never read, I get most of my impact or I get most of my gems or things that really positively take me to a new stratosphere from fiction books and science fiction books. And I think I need to listen to that more. A lot of times, again, when I'm getting these self-help books, they're referrals. They're just, oh, you should check this book out. You should check that book out. And we most of us have Amazon Prime, so we just order it. It's going to be at the crib the next day or in two days. And then they just start to build. They just start to build. So I had to be honest and transparent with myself to identify that my library is a reflection or a combination of book referrals that I may not have been interested in. And that's why a lot of them are still collecting dust. But I need to do a better job at reading books that I'm actually interested in because they are the ones that seemingly give me the most impact. So I don't know, just a random beans ranting moment or something that I identified within myself this week as I was reading and transitioning from reading the the don't say I never put, no, don't say I never did nothing for you this week. The thing that I want to kind of help positively impact your days, weeks, years, months, and lives is journaling. I know we spoke about peppermint tea and apple juice and a bunch of things in the past, but I want to really highlight the impact of journaling because that's something that I believe everyone should practice, even if it's not on the daily, weekly, you could do it monthly, but there's a lot of positive things that comes from literally writing. 
You can track your progress, reduce stress and anxiety, strengthen your memory, find inspiration. But there's something about putting your thoughts on paper that untangle the anxiety that develops inside of you. Or maybe I should say the anxiety that sometimes grows inside of me. We try to figure out everything in our mind as they come our way. Boom, this happened. Boom, that happened. And we kind of keep it in a storage container in our brain and wonder why sometimes our skin breaks out. We wonder why sometimes we're, we're not eating as much or doing different things, but there are so many positive things that come from journaling. I only gave y'all a couple, but if you just Google, what are the... What are the, the highlights that come from journaling? You'll see a bunch of different things, a long list of things to why you should look into journaling. So with all that being said, I don't want to take up too much of y'all time because y'all know I'm trying to keep this in the half hour box. But again, understand that everything that you need is already in arm's reach to Tony Braxton, I'm, I'm getting Tony Braxton and Tony Morrison mixed up. Tony Braxton told us at the top of the pod, breathe again. Times when you might have thought you were breathing, maybe you were, maybe you weren't, but it's okay to breathe again. It's okay to intentionally take those inhales and intentionally take those exhales. So if you can hear the sound of my voice, repeat this affirmation after me. I am grateful for outgrowing the person that I used to be and I am grounded in the person that I'm learning to love more and more each day. I'm going to say that again. I am grateful out I am grateful for outgrowing the person that I used to be. And I am grounded in the person that I'm learning to love more and more each day. As we spoke about earlier, there are moments where we might not feel the most loving, whether that's toward, towards others or towards ourselves. But we got to remind ourselves that each day is another opportunity to learn how to love ourselves even more, even more on the daily if you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, and download to your phone because this is the beginning of a very, very beautiful thing. What I want to leave y'all with is continue to be great, continue to be mindful, but most importantly, most importantly, be intentional, y'all. Chef Beans over and out.